Old fans have spent the past six months gaslighting us into saying it was okay that they went five and seven last yes. year. Yes, it's or okay. Or six and seven. Yes. They came into the season saying, Brent Venables, we're going to go 10-2, and 11-1. We're going to be a playoff contender. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. And now they're saying, oh, of course he went 6-6 six and six in his first season. They didn't have any players. Oh, shucks. You idiots didn't say that before the season. They were saying, no, like, USC ain't going to be very – like, we're going to be better than Lincoln. And we're going to win this breakup. Now, the breakup's still to be determined because it's so right. long. But – Lincoln's got the lead. A very substantial lead, and also just how they gaslit us. They would send us stuff like, well, they lost all these transfers. Every stat we sent them suggested you still were a top 15 team, top 10 team in the country. Lincoln broke them. Lincoln broke them in a way. Thank God they have the SEC thing. I'm guessing that's the bar stool, guys couple of guys that eat paint chips but yes that is indeed the uh a necessary roughness podcast yeah well uh most annoying twitter uh twitter fan base the uh, oklahoma sooners according to those guys ou at one michigan state at two bam at three tennessee at four ucf at five arkansas at six a&m at seven florida state at eight south carolina at nine texas at ten yeah we did it guys we we did it together well here's the thing um I was going to say they're not stupid, but that's really not what I meant uh, because they are. They they know I, the metrics go off engagement, right? They know that if they put Oklahoma as the worst or most annoying Twitter fan base or whatever that is, what's going to happen? They're going to get tons of engagement from Oklahoma Twitter because Oklahoma Twitter is more active than pretty much anyone else out there. At least that's what it has sounded like. Yeah, from from what no, people I mean, say. All that's right. They're they're analytical driven. Um, I mean, Barstools they've had a ton of success as a right. as a company. But sure, I <laughs> if you want to take stock in what some people nationally had to say, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't start there with those guys. Right. Um, and I don't think anyone is. Well, here's the thing. I think that because of the situation and how it played out, it's the first time that we know of. We talked about it a year ago, but or when it happened. It's the first time someone's bailed on Oklahoma before, right? Yeah. Ever. And, yeah, ever. So – you had a you had a fan base that doesn't know how to react to that has never been in that situation before and um the coach that bailed is a good coach and likely to have success somewhere uh, however you define that and you know that it, it creates a lot of emotion and you know you're while you know that there are shortcomings with Lincoln Riley and how he coaches the kind of the opposite of Lincoln Riley's approach is Brent Venables, right? And so you feel you feel really good that all of the things that we struggled with and were lacking in order to be a championship team, like this hire addresses 
those things. So there's plenty of reason for Oklahoma fans to have felt the way that and, they did. And I'm not saying that this staff isn't to blame for a lot of the things that happened last year, but just in terms of like revamping the program of where it really matters, maybe um, maybe they were in the toughest situation to do so just because of the, you know, like you just talked about, the yeah. totally different uh, program structure that we had here previously, the emphasis on certain positions compared to now. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they essentially had to restock every single uh, position on the entire defense. Well, yeah, and you you were running me through like our num- our highest rated recruit list yes. over the past however many years, six, seven years or something like that? Uh, it goes back about ten years, and I'll just read off for you. Jackson Arnold this last year, we'll see, right? Though you did say he's going to start by game eight last segment. I thought Adebare ended up being the highest rated. No, no, Jackson Arnold okay. did. Uh, Gentry Williams in 2022. Okay, got a chance to start this year at corner, right? Mm-hmm. 2021, Caleb Williams. And then it goes Nate Anderson in 2020, offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Jaden Hazelwood didn't finish his career at OU in 2019. Bray Walker, um, if he plays somewhere next year, not going to finish his career with OU in 2018. Broyles, Justin Broyles in 2017. Um, and then you have Caleb Kelly in 2016, Neville Gallimore in 2015. But your best or your, your highest-ranked player in those four years from 2020 to 2017, that's that's that wasn't getting it done, man. No. And there were some classes in there, such as 2019, that were ranked very high. I think that was Lincoln's highest-ranked class that he had here. But in terms of, like, big-time contributors, there were very few in that 2019 class. So yeah, the previous staff, in terms of what they left for – you know, third, fourth-year players, especially on the defensive side, they didn't do the the new staff any favors. That's for sure. No, and it's it's um like that's where the that's where the like the real meat and potatoes of your football team is. Um, you like those are the highest rated guys, and I know we've hit on some good players that are that were not the highest rated player. There, there's some of those guys in there, but I uh, you you have to have. Like a a team that's full of these guys that they have either they've either been really good players starters or they've turned into really good role players and there's really not anyone on that list. Like I get Justin Broyles ended up being a starter, you know. Um, Bray Walker never never played. He never played as a starter or. A rotational guy. Right. Yep. Um, Hazelwood, obviously not here anymore. Nate Anderson is he? You know, he's a backup center. He's never he's never played any meaningful snaps at all. I, that's that's the part to me that whenever I said I was naive to our roster, that's that's what I'm talking about is because of where like those classes were not rated horribly. They're, most of them were like top 12 type of classes, right? Yeah. Well, I, there was more than you think that were actually in the top 10. Right. So I was naive to think that our roster was way better than, than what it actually was. Uh, let's, let's get to the text line here. For the, ho- uh, for the OU haters, screw them all. Yeah. Um, wait till OU is in the SEC. They haven't seen nothing yet. Camo sooner. The Barstool guys can kick rocks. Laziest takes I've ever heard. 
405. I wouldn't say Oklahoma is the worst fan base, but we might have one of the more insecure fan bases, especially since November of 2021. Yeah. Uh, Ty from Bartlesville. Teddy needs to drive up to their office and kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 918 Barstool Sports Potties didn't say how Riley would do in his conference move now, did they? Right. Yeah, you, you, you should not listen to uh, to Barstool. They're there for purely entertainment. Right. And I'd argue a lot of those takes are not even entertaining. So, all good there. Uh, back to back to positive things that we saw yesterday. Because I don't want to get bogged down in like this, uh, not negative conversation, but it, it, it can be upbeat and positive today. Yeah. Talked about Dylan Gabriel in his last three games and how maybe it was better than some people would like to remember or acknowledge you told me that a big positive of this offense, you think they're going to be better vertically down the field, throwing the football. Which, dude, I mean, that's – for this offense and what Levy needs to do, that's not just like a side note. That's that's very, very important that they're better this year throwing the ball down the field. But let's, let's focus specifically on Dylan Gabriel. And if we're talking about one of his or his best asset as a quarterback, is it his ability to go vertical? Or if not, what's his best asset as a QB? Um, hmm. I think he throws a good deep ball. Is it his best asset? I don't. I think his. I think his best asset is that he's good at everything. I don't. I don't. Like he's got weaknesses. I'm not suggesting that he doesn't, but he doesn't have uh, blind spots, so to speak. I think he throws. A, a really good deep ball. I think he's accurate underneath on the stuff they ask him to do underneath. I think he's he's got good pocket awareness. I think he's a, a capable dual threat guy in the running game. I think that's why he's he's a very well rounded quarterback. I wouldn't say that he's elite in any of those, but he's right up there with the top of the Big 12 in in all of them. He's not as athletic as Jalen Daniels. No, I mean, he, but, he is in this conference. But he'll probably next year, as long as health isn't a factor, I bet he's not far behind him in whenever it comes to rushing yards. I think he's, he's going to have a really good year running the football. Um, he may not throw as good of a deep ball as, I don't know, insert whatever quarterback that you might want to in – I've left out Chandler Morris there in the running game. He's going to have a big year running the football too. Um, he's just he's he's right there at the top of the list in pretty much every sure. every aspect, and I think that's really why it ends up being what's best about him is I don't think he has any massive weaknesses. Nine one eight Dylan Gabriel's fourteen eleven is his last twenty five starts. He ain't going to win S. So yeah, it's Dylan Gabriel's uh, well, all seven losses were his fault last. What year. is S and let me just – I've got to continue to hammer this home because I feel like people forget it. Whenever you make – I'm just going to let you guys know this. Whenever you are – when you have a take that the quarterback is the end-all, be-all to whether a team is going to be any good or not, like – you can say, like, we're not going to win a national championship with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. I agree. 
Okay? I agree with that. But whenever you you put the end-all, be-all on the quarterback, like for the record last year, whenever you put all of that on Dylan Gabriel, I'm just telling you guys this to help you. You sound like what my mom would say talking football. See, look what you guys did now. Unbelievable. No, you 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 don't I we were we were um below average in a bunch of different areas last year. And I continue to hear people put it all on Dylan Gabriel. Uh, you've got to have a little bit wider view of what's going on. How many field goals did we miss? Did Dylan Gabriel miss the field goals? How many times did we have penalties that we had touchdowns called back? Tech, uh, West Virginia. I, those things are not Dylan Gabriel. Was he amazing last year? No. I'm not going to sit here and try, and try and tell you that he was or that he couldn't be better. Absolutely he can be better. But that is, that is such a sophomoric take on – what the football team was last year, and what to expect of them in this coming up year. Well, I would even say, like, what to expect, hopefully, from the program moving forward. Like, OU's going to need elite quarterback play to win big in the SEC, but I think the hope is that you're not totally reliant and dependent on elite quarterback play willing you to a win every single week like we saw for the past several years. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're hoping now that you have more. Because in the past, oh, you had one way to win, and it was the offense. They, they weren't going to win a game because of their defense. They mm-hmm. weren't going to win a, uh, because of the details or special teams. They, they had to be elite at quarterback to win the conference and win big. And, yeah, it's, I just I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case with this program moving forward. At least I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, you just have to have a little bit wider view of, of what's going on. It, Again, and, and this is how this typically works. Whenever I say something like that, then I get lumped into a corner that I think Dylan Gabriel is like uh, some amazing quarterback and doesn't have any uh, limitations. And it's just that's just not the case. I think he's a a really good all around quarterback that next year should some things. Uh, fall in place well, our offensive line and and health, obviously, I think he's probably going to lead the the Big 12 in several categories. Um, Let me read you a headline before we hit a break here. It's not OU related, but we're sticking on college football. We'll get back to OU coming up next. Well, hang on, though. Let me me just add this quickly. All right. Because of his limitations that he does have, that's why I said earlier that I don't think it's totally off the table that Jackson Arnold doesn't somehow end up winning the starting quarterback job this season. I I wouldn't say that if I thought Dylan Gabriel was, you know, the end-all, be-all at quarterback. I think he's really good. I think he has limitations. And because of some of those limitations, I think that it, it leaves it at least within some – type of percentage chance a reasonable percentage chance that Jackson Arnold could if things unfold possibly at least seriously challenge for it tell me if you think this headline was intentional I think you're gonna you're gonna hear the word that I'm uh, referencing here Colorado athletic director offers blunt response suggesting buffs will leave Pac-12 
Okay. Do you think that's in- intentional there? Colorado athletic director offers blunt response, <laughs> suggesting Buffs will leave Big 12. That is funny. I didn't think about it uh, at first. Yeah, that's uh, that's the key word there that we're looking for. They may blunt, head to another. In case jo- you missed it. They may head to another joint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Big 12 joint. Nice, nice job. See, this is what I'm more let's, – let's kind of transition to more of the lighter mood today, okay? They it's, may be on the first thing smoking out of town. Yeah, any more? I, I can delay the break for another 30 seconds if you've got something else. Uh, I can – I'll probably continue to throw them in at some point. I, I was trying to go on the lines of smoking, but you said, you said first thing smoking. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what the rest of that meant, but I – most people would probably take that as they're leaving, but I, I doubt that he made any type of statement like that, at least right now. Uh, you're my witness here. Uh, Gunny says, I love blunts. Right above <laughs> that, it says Gunny wrote that headline. So there you <laughs> nice. go. Uh, one more. Zane says, in other words, those of you simplistically blaming the quarterback position totally qualify for jobs at Barstool Sports. <laughs> so thanks for keeping it light, guys. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Attention all Sooner fans. Don't miss your chance to secure your seats for the 2023 Oklahoma football season today. Season tickets start at $400, and being a season ticket holder is the only way to guarantee the best seats for all six home games. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. We got to do our under-the-radar player because I'm out tomorrow and I don't trust you guys to actually get this uh, ad read in. Oh, man. Under-the-radar player brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. I'm going under-the-radar because we haven't talked enough about it this week. It's championship week for OU men's and women's gymnastics, so... I guess my under-the-radar player will be the uh, the uh, OU women's gymnast that only gets two perfect tens <laughs> in the uh, semis and champion. You know, perfect tens, we've talked, it's just not even a big deal. They'll have two over a weekend, whatever, it's fine, two in a meet. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll get a few more in the semifinals tonight, the championships this weekend. Yeah, that's cool. Um, gosh, I – I'm guessing they're the favorite. Uh, OU went. They're the number one overall seed. OU men, the number two seed. Nice. So they uh, they can both win a championship this weekend. That would be that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, that would. Uh, how about this under the radar player for like spring ball? Like what? I think I we did this last week, and Josiah Wagner was yeah. one guy that you mentioned. Could Gavin Freeman qualify as? Um, I mean, he's a name that we've known, but in terms of. Is he having an under-the-radar really good spring when we've talked more about Farouk and Andrew Anthony? Uh, fair for Gavin Freeman. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, he's having an under-the-radar uh, spring. I think he's I think he's going to see a lot of action this fall. You know, he was he saw some last year, not a whole lot. Everyone remembers the, the end-around or reverse that he took to the house on his first touch. Uh, as a college football player, which is incredible, a walk-on true freshman. Um, I think he's going to be much bigger piece of the offense. I'll give you an under-the-radar guy. Ooh. Uh, and I've, I've talked about him a little bit, but um, 
you know, a lot of the conversation at Backer has been driven by uh, Stutzman and and Canick, who's Canick's working at the Mike Backer spot. But I'm telling you, Kobe McKenzie is he's going to be that dude when he figures it. Like he's he's so heavy handed. He he's a thumper. Like he was on a blitz yesterday, and I mean, he destroyed someone. Just annihilated. Well, hey, that's the, that's the second back. consecutive Thursday where you've gone out to practice and you mentioned um, Kobe McKenzie just destroyed someone yesterday out there. I mean, he, <laughs> Sounds he like that's a regular occurrence. An absolute, like, just destroys people. Um, he he's getting better with his feet. You know, it's going to come together for him. I you know, he he's still learning the defense, but even whenever he's out there, he's assertive. He's pushing defensive linemen around to get them lined up properly. He's not perfect, right? But he's just a he's a red shirt freshman. He's he's going to be really really well, good. Well, they're working to something that I don't know when the last time they had this, which is a really good linebacker duo you know like we got used to that in I mean 70s 80s really throughout the majority of the history with OU football right and there's been Kenneth Murray comes along he's a first round backer there's been times where you've had you know one really good linebacker but it's been a while since you've had a real legitimate one-two duo at backer I think you can maybe pair Kobe up with Danny Stutzman on that if if Kobe McKenzie comes along. Canick could be in that, but it kind of feels like they're a lot closer to that than they've been in a while, which is yeah. honestly exciting to, to think about. Well, they're gonna they will be there. I don't know if if it's gonna all materialize this coming season, but between between Canick and uh McKenzie and you know Pachati, who's here, and you know you're still going to have, um, uh, oh gosh, Lewis Oma- Carter, Lewis Carter, Samuel Omasigo, and Omasigo coming in. Like those guys are going to be good players. Hopefully, um, yeah. You still have Witter, who's who's not fully been uh, released to come back and practice with the team. At least I don't think. Um, you know he's he still has a, has a chance to come in and perhaps get some reps. Like there's some. There's some guys there that you feel pretty good about if it all comes together. I'm trying to think of the last like really good linebacker duo that we can remember at OU. Um, my mind immediately went to 2007, Curtis Lofton's last year. They had Ryan Reynolds as a sophomore, but he kind of he he struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. Who played with Travis Lewis? Um, in like uh, eleven and twelve. Let me let me go look at the roster. But Lewis, Travis Lewis was a freshman when Curtis Lofton was a junior, and I think Travis Lewis got some playing time as a as a freshman, if I remember right. Nice. They had Lewis Baker, who I think you crossed over with mm-hmm. Lewis Baker a little bit. He was a senior that year. Um, so it's it's been it's it's been some time since they've had like one two. Big time, legitimate linebackers well, that you feared in the middle of the defense. I'll I'll tell you the biggest part of that. You can you go all the way back to that time period. Well, guess what? Look at the defensive line during that time period. Uh, defensive line totally affects the way that linebackers play, and in front of any great linebacker, 
there's a defensive line that is stellar at a minimum. Usually the better the linebacker looks, it's because they've got a, a really good defensive line in front of them. Um, and that that goes for pretty much any level. Uh, Travis Lewis, he was playing alongside Sam Proctor. Not, not Sam Proctor. He was playing alongside... Well, I don't even know if he was playing alongside uh, Frank Shannon because he was a freshman. But the British Mitchell himself, Tom Ward. Tom Ward. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we got a chance to get there. We do. I like I like some of the guys that we have uh, on roster. Uh, it's um, it's it, it looks promising, and you know I'm I'm starting to see some pretty good signs from from some of the guys competing at those spots. I don't really hear a whole lot of negative things about the uh, the secondary right now. Safety feels like it's um, – I, I again, I, and I always mention this, like Brent mentioned before spring ball started that he feels pretty good about that, and that just seems like that kind of checks out right now. Safety, you got a chance to be yeah. good and have some real depth there, mm-hmm. and then corner, like they're really excited about these younger guys. And I guess that's another positive too. Not that every single true freshman or even second-year guy is going to start this year, but right. it feels like like just overall they're pretty impressed with what they're getting from some of their first- and second-year players. Yeah. Which, uh, obviously, they really, really needed that. Yep, yep, they do. Um, I think it's good. I, we've talked about this before. In a perfect world, you don't necessarily want your, your freshman starting. Right, you you would like to see those guys come in, learn, uh, get their bodies prepared to to play big time college football, have a have a l- little bit deeper knowledge base before they're running out there on the field to start for seventy snaps against um, other really good programs. Let me read a few texts here. Big Twelve hopes are high for the Buffs. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, nice. Uh, is the rest of the Pac-12 green with envy? <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Eric in Orange County says, "All right, I have to ask, uh, how many people in Oklahoma die on railroad crossings that we have to hear that ad on KREF twenty times a day? Who pays for that ad?" Actually. It's way more than you would think. Um, I have a neighbor who is a firefighter, and it is a way more regular occurrence in Norman than you would ever expect. So, uh, Best linebacker duo, Lance Mitchell, and can't remember his name. He just said, you know, a lot when he was being <laughs> interviewed. Uh, that's great. That's nice. a very nice text. I like that a lot. Very, very if, good. If uh, you don't get that reference, we'll go to our podcast page and listen to the first 15 seconds <laughs> of hour number one on Tuesday. You'll get the reference. Great stuff. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Does your checking account come with respect, gratitude, wisdom? At Armstrong Bank, that's what you can expect. For more than a century, we've been serving up exceptional customer service and financial guidance to our customers across Oakland. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at WIG? Communication is a priority. 
West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. Before we get to it, yeah, good point text line. Uh, Travis Lewis and Austin Box were a great linebacker duo. Yeah. Can't believe you guys didn't mention him. Yeah, Austin Box, 2010, had a really good year, as did Travis Lewis. That's probably your answer. Anyway, yeah. story number one is. Um, I didn't know this was happening. Um, did you know that UCF starting quarterback, Plumley is also their starting right fielder in their baseball yeah, on their well, baseball team. He, and he he played baseball at Ole Miss when he was there. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh he's going to um I'm trying to think which one is first. I think it's baseball. He's he's going to play in a baseball game and then as soon as it's over go start at quarterback in the uh, the spring game. It may be reversed. Maybe it's the spring football game is first and then the baseball game, but he's doing back-to-back in the same day. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray, he, did he do – yeah, I guess he left in the middle of the Texas series yeah. and Austin flew back with Toby, I right. think, to uh, to play in the spring game. So we've seen that before, but not not on the same day to, to play both the football and baseball game. Which would you rather do first, play the baseball game first or play the spring game first? Baseball. Yeah. Well, at quarterback, maybe it doesn't matter. But like, I'm going to guess he doesn't see very much action in yeah. the UCS. He's their starting quarterback for sure. Yeah. If I, I bet, I bet quarterback would probably be fine um, in the spring. Now, if it was a real football game, it would be tough to play a, a full football game and then go play a baseball game uh, after that. So I'd take the baseball first. Uh, and speaking of UCF baseball. They've got a former player that's running around saying that they cheat and use juiced bats. Who, Dylan Gabriel said that? <laughs> no, Dylan Gabriel did not. A former player is saying that uh, they juice the bats, they switch the stickers on them, and I guess they roll them or, or do something that, that changes that. Like, is that How big of a deal is that? To Does it make a big difference? Well, the bats are... They they were deadened um, yeah. a few years back. Well, actually, more like a, a decade back. Honestly, they've now. kind of moved it all around. Like they were really dead at one point, right? And then they've kind of brought them back a little bit. I mean, it's a big deal if you have a bat that's more live. I just I almost feel like you can tell by the sound these days if you have yeah. a more live bats. They yeah. used to be B E S R certified. I don't know if that's what it is anymore. That's what it was when when I was when I was playing out there. But yeah, I, I mean. Is it the difference between a lazy fly ball to the center fielder and hitting a home run? No. But if it's the difference in five feet, then that's yeah. the difference between an out and a three-run home run sometimes. Yeah, yeah. could be. So, um, I don't know. I thought that that was interesting. And I thought this was pretty cool. And I don't know what the odds are. Bobby Witt Jr., um, I guess who's supposed to be a stud, right? Baseball player. He hit a foul ball the other day. And – his dad caught it. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of He was once an OU baseball commit. Bobby Wood Jr. playing for the Royals now. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure he was a he was an OU baseball commit at one time. And he's supposed to be like one of the best like young young players, young yeah, players out there. Yeah. Um I thought that was pretty cool. And then I don't know if you've seen this unfold today. Uh they've arrested the leaker. Um there was all of these highly classified documents that have been released uh like kind of showing what's going on in the ukraine war and they arrested the, i guess it came out in the new york times who the guy the, the the 
kid's name. I say guy. He's 21, and he was showing these guys, and I think it was like one of those Reddit groups or something, like a bunch of gamers had a little chat room, and he was showing them all these leaked documents or all these classified documents, and uh, they ended up getting leaked, and uh, he's arrested. Uh Probably going to lock him up and throw away the key, and uh, we'll never hear what he's uh, what he has to say about it. Jeez. But pretty wild. Uh, all right, I got a few here. Somehow, people found out about Vince Young's spending habits huh. when he was in the NFL. I think uh, okay. you know, he he got paid when he was in the league. I, I think that his spending habits weren't great, and he, those funds quickly dried up. He did things such as spend $5,000 a week at the Cheesecake Factory his rookie year with the Tennessee Whoa, Titans. 5000 a week? That's what this says, yeah. Five grand a week at the Cheesecake Factory. You, wow. that, that would be hard to do. I, it's not the cheapest place in town, but to spend that in a week? I guess the only way I would say that it's not like if he was buying that for like the yeah, offense he, he, or he, he did pick up the tab for multiple teammates. Okay, yeah, yeah. so I, I guess that's a, a lot more likely. But 5K a week at the Cheesecake Factory. Um, maybe, I, I don't know if this is a baller move. I would probably just buy, you know, rent a PJ if I was going to spend this much money on a flight. Mm-hmm. But on a 2007 Southwest flight from Nashville to Houston, Vince Young bought all of the seats except for about 10 passengers who had bought tickets before he could buy the entire plane. So the plane seated 130 passengers. Vince Young bought 120 of those seats. So I guess he didn't have to be surrounded by very many people during the flights. Like, let's say, let's say the flights were like super cheap, like two hundred dollars. That's still like twenty five thousand. And that can get you. That's pretty close to getting you a private, yeah. a private flight from uh, uh, Nashville would, to Houston. You would think. Wow. All right, what's the point of that? I. I don't know. It's that's weird. You want to buy a row? Like I understand buying a row for a guy that's six foot six, but wow. Uh, the USFL has made a rule change. The team that fumbles out the the team that fumbles the ball out of the back of the end zone will retain possession, and the ball will be spotted at the spot of the fumble. It won't be a turnover and the touchback as in the case in other leagues. Dumb. Like it, love it, hate it, hate it. I hate it. It's yet another rule that benefits the offense. It, it if the offense if the ball goes through the end zone while you're not possessing it, it's a touchback. It's the same thing on a kick. That's how it works. The rules need to make some type of sense. Now, if you want to say that the other team gets the ball where you fumbled it from and not the 20-yard line, like, I'm okay with that. As long as the defense gets possession and there is a punishment for fumbling it through the end zone. You can't just say, oh, yeah, I I don't love just being able to freely just reach the ball over without any consequences. Yeah, that's what everyone's going to be doing now. I I don't like it. Not a fan of it. Uh, The Cavender sisters looks like they're hinting that they're going to go the WWE routes instead of maybe playing a final year of college basketball. Mm. They're on a uh, morning television show. Which, if they're looking for the cash, which obviously they are, WWE would be a uh, it'd be a great place for them. Why not uh, make the money while you can, while you are um, um, highly sought after and have all the attention? Why not? Go ahead and do it. Dan Snyder selling the Commanders for $6 billion. Mm. They finally got him to do it. Mm-hmm. 
I bet he learned his lesson, huh? Yes, getting six billion dollars. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I think sure he, he really bought it for. Lesson. Didn't he buy it for like two hundred million or uh, something like probably. that? Probably. Yeah. Crazy. Last one I have, and this looks like it's real. I haven't heard this really promoted all that much, other than the Facebook ads. I guess eight participants will be selected during the spring game, and there's like a spring game hot dog eating contest. Have, have you heard Oklahoma? about this? Yeah, at, at OU. Eight participants will be selected. Each participant will receive two tickets to the OU spring game, and the winner gets a, a pretty cool prize package, I guess, but I had no idea there was a spring game hot dog eating contest at OU. Do you want do, do you hope that you're able to view this hot dog eating contest on the field during the game or do you hope it's uh done uh, outside before the game actually starts? I don't know. I I'll just tell you right now, I think that is a very very bad idea. <laughs> and I not even joking around. I not to give them too much credit, but professional eaters are exactly that like there are a there's a lot of people that choke and die in stuff like this like you get people that all of a sudden start trying to eat hot dogs and stuff as fast as they can i'm I'm shocked that they're doing that (laughs) honestly eight participants yeah be careful. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's. Uh, do you think Vince Young had to sit there and you know if you're going on a Southwest flight, you got to stand there at the, uh, at the at the front. <laughs> do you think he had to do that 130 times before he walked on the flight? Check all of the uh, all of the the printed tickets. It would be some uh, pretty sweet points though for 130 buying 130 yeah. seats on one flight. The points that he got from that. Maybe maybe it helped him out in the long run. I. You think he still got to board with the Group A? <laughs> he, he was still in the, uh, Group C, and he had to wait for everyone else. Well, was there like 10 other people, and they yeah. were all in front of him in the check-in line? Uh, military, please board first. <laughs> <laughs> Families with young children, next. It's like, and then Vince Young last. Is, isn't it uh, meet the parents whenever he's trying to get on the plane, and she's like asking for everyone, and he tries to get on, and she tells him no? <laughs> Pretty good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. You're simply the best. The Showplace Theater is back at Riverwind. And with some of the best acts around. Like Earth, Wind, and Fire, June 23rd. Collective Soul, July 21st. Josh Turner, July 28th. Dwight Yoakam, August 19th. Ario Speedwagon, September 8th. And Chicago, September 15th. It's easy to see why Riverwind is the best casino experience. The new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with each patient to take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Functional sports medicine physician Amanda Sadler, MD, is committed to spending time with each patient to help them achieve top-level energy, strength, endurance, and performance. She specializes in the treatment of gut health issues, hormonal health, and of something. It is hard to get back on that uh, bike, so to speak. Um, whenever you're basically curled in a ball for 24 hours, not good. Yeah, maybe. Any food, if you eat it enough, you'll get tired of it at some point. Like, it would take me quite a while to get really fed up with a ribeye. You, about five minutes. We've had this conversation yeah. before. Hot dogs is one of those, though. It wouldn't <laughs> – about two consecutive days of that, then you're uh, you're probably done with that one for a while. 
I I feel like there's a a pretty short limit on hot dogs. Like how much you can go before it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's yeah, enough. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can uh, help me out with a conversation we had yesterday because yeah. we couldn't figure it out. We're trying to figure out the second toughest game on the schedule next year. And all we all we got accomplished was mentioning eight other games on the schedule. Well, that one could be tough. Kansas could be tough. They could be good. I don't. I don't think we actually came up with an answer. We just rolled through of why certain games would be tough. Um. Is there, is there a definitive game that is the second toughest game on the schedule? Because Texas is one, right? Good on that. Yeah. Um. I would say if I had to choose right now. I would say, yeah. See, it's it's not so easy, is it? Well, this is like a high risk. Are you going to say KU? Are you going to say the game in Lawrence? It's to me, it's either Iowa State or Kansas. Wow, uh, the Iowa State is your Kansas State game from last year. All right, what, what do you what do you mean by the most difficult? Like, well, I just if if we were to do a ranking of. You know the toughest games this year, which I'm sure we're going to do at some point. What's the easiest well, game? What's the what toughest I'm, game? Top three. I just like what, what's what's going to be the second most difficult game for this team to win. No, is how I look at I, it. I would say Iowa State. All right. In, I'm not suggesting that Iowa State's going to be a a ten win football team or even a a seven win football team. I don't know what their record is going to be, but I feel like it's going to be a one score game against us and well it has been for the last eight years that's what i'm saying that's why to me i would i would take iowa state actually did you beat them by two scores last year and it ended up being a touchdown i think they won by 14 last year yeah, didn't they They won by 14 we're the, had i think a, we're the only people only team that beat them by yeah, double digits only team to beat iowa state and the only team in 20 years to beat nebraska by double digits <laughs> yet what did that get you last year right <laughs> right yeah so like i don't know is it ever going to look like it's like they're not going to be ranked high. Their record probably won't be good coming into it. Uh, the record may not be good at the end of the year. Hey, it sits at, the, at an interesting spot in the schedule, you know. Um, I don't yeah, know if I would say Texas. Iowa State, but both OU and Texas got interesting games right before they play each other. Texas got KU, OU has Iowa State. I don't think either of those two teams are finished in top three of the league, but just dangerous enough. See, just dangerous enough. Here it comes again. Teddy doesn't like ribeye. That explains a lot from Greg and Lawton. I, I, it's, I, I agree, Greg. I just think that ribeye is the most overrated cut. It's not that I don't like it. It's just not overrated the best for like cut. what, like how it's talked about, price. Yes. No, because I don't think it is for about. price. How it's talked about. I think rich people steak, as you guys call it in your house, might be the rich the steak. Most over, Filet? Rich steak, yeah, yeah. Well. I love I love all steak. I like sirloin. I eat, I would eat steak every yeah, single meal, including I'm, I'm, ribeye. I'm out I just sirloin. I just don't rate it as the best. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hours next.